Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast, episode 1083. My interview with Kaki Okamura, we're discussing her new book, Wa, The Art of Balance. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Kaki. Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. Great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Super exciting. And guys listening on the podcast, if you want to check it out, the YouTube channel, we do have this uh, on YouTube as well. So check it out there. Kaki, welcome to the show. You're based in New York. Is that yes. right? In New York right now. I've been here for a little bit now. <laughs> when you say a little bit, how long are we talking? Um, let me think. I think it's been just about two years, a little bit more than that. Yeah. Okay. And you grew up in America or Japan? Because you got Japanese heritage. Um, brief, uh, <laughs> brief uh, intro to my background. I was born in the U.S. in Dallas, to be uh, okay. precise. Um, when I was you know, around eight, I moved to New York, not into the city. I lived around the suburbs, but as there until middle school. And then I headed back to Tokyo with my family where I finished high school um, wow. and then came to the U.S. for college. Okay. How is that transition going from, you know, growing up in America, then, you know, halfway through high school going to Japan? Like that would have been a fair adjustment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say it was definitely adjustment, <laughs> but uh, I went to an international school, so my right. education was English, which made me things easier, but there definitely is a cultural shift and just, you know, in terms of lifestyle, totally different. So in ways, it was really exciting for me because Tokyo is a very safe city. So as a middle schooler, I got to explore a lot on my own a bit more, but mm. um, yeah, very different. <laughs> very different. Yeah, cool. I like that. I um, want to hear more about it. So I lived in Japan for um i don't know three four five maybe six years in total wow. um so it was a good yeah. good time there in Bumak and uh, near takasakichi yeah and uh you know it's a great culture um so when i saw your book and um I started reading your book now as well um i resonate with a lot of the the messages you, you send across there so looking forward to delve into that as well um tell me your parents both japanese yes my parents are both japanese but um yeah, they moved to the U.S. when, um, yeah, they're, well, I was born in the, in Texas, yeah. so. In yeah. Texas, yeah. Okay, yeah. and then you've got family over in Japan still, I assume. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all of my extended families in Japan, my parents are in Japan now, so I feel very close um, to Japan still today. Yeah. And you're a writer and illustrator, and you've launched a book now called, is it WA, The Art of Balance, or WA, The Art of Balance? Yes. Um, do, you say, do you say WA? Yeah, it's called WA. Uh, WA. Just to give a bit of a background behind the title, mm. um, if you're not familiar with Japanese, it can kind of, you know, sound like an odd name, but WA is actually the Japanese character to describe Japanese things. So you know, washi is Japanese paper, washoku is Japanese food, wafuku is Japanese clothing. So it's like the kanji used to describe Japanese things, but the meaning behind that character is harmony. Um, so it's kind of underlines that principle of like, you know, um, the world works around harmony and balance and uh, we should be paying attention to it. And so I thought it was a very fitting character to describe the book, which, you know, a lot of my ideas revolve around the ideas around balance so um yeah it's called 
the art of balance. <laughs> wow, the art of balance. Love it. Um, one of my biggest goals really is to try and find greater balance. Um, I'm, I'm one of those characters that that um, can be quite disciplined and can have a lot of balance, but at the same time, I can I can um, I can sway wildly in opposite directions too. Um, For sure. Thank are you a balanced person? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think balance is it's constantly a balancing act. You know, it's not you achieve it once and it's kind of like you're set to go. I do definitely find myself in spaces where I feel like maybe I'm working too much, not resting enough or, you know, devoting my energy to things that don't necessarily resonate with my well-being. But by my approach is really about, you know, checking in with yourself, slowing down. And through that, I think helps me readjust and found, find that balance as well. So okay. um, am I a balanced person? Not all the time. I wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, well, probably a lot of people um it's one of those stoic principles as well which is why yeah. it's one of my you know focuses I suppose um but look going beyond that um what got you into writing about Japanese culture and obviously you're a great illustrator as well thank you so much um yeah it's a question I get very often and to be honest you know I'm not uh trained in writing I didn't necessarily study it or anything but um I think, you know, coming out of high school in Japan and then when it came to back to the U.S., as a kid, I didn't think about it too deeply, but growing older, being able to compare the two cultures and realizing like, oh, the things that really make them different um, in terms of lifestyle values, like I have friends who also went to spent international school, moved abroad, and it always be like the topic of conversation of just how different things were. And I felt like writing is a way for me to process my own ideas and my own ways of thinking. And I felt, you know, inclined to just post it online. I didn't really have a goal for it. Um, it was really just like trying to put my thoughts out there and the things that I noticed that are different between the US and Japan. And right. I did that for a while before I got any traction. But when did you start that? Like, were you still in school or out of school? What was your situation? Um, I was, I started in college, but, you know, I was writing for a while with like no audience. Um, I think it was only really after the pandemic when, or at the beginning of the pandemic, when people were spending more time at home, were picking up new hobbies and interests that, yeah, I began to pick up some momentum. Wow. Okay. So just how, how many years ago did you start, you know, finding this joy for writing? Um, like I probably began writing maybe junior college, though so, um I'm gonna give away my age, but that was like That's 2018, okay. 2019. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So quite young. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Um, so you okay, that's cool. So you started writing um in your college days. Were you what were you studying at the time? What were you studying? Yeah, I studied economics, so it was not oh. related to writing or the arts at all. Um, I think something, you know, I've I've always been pretty good with numbers, thinking like in a very quantitative kind of way, but I've always also had like this creative side of me, which hmm. uh, I went to a liberal arts school, which allowed me to kind of flex both in a way and 
yeah, I took a lot of art classes in college. Um, there's like an entrepreneurship center, which they really encouraged me to, you know, find the things that I were interested in and follow those passions. I still completed my economics degree, but at the same time, I had a lot of opportunities to write, to pursue art. And yeah, that has been really valuable for me. So it's kind of that balance between the, the <laughs> academic side of thing and the art side of thing or the economics, which... Yeah. yeah, for sure. I would say I'm kind of risk averse by nature and pursuing an art degree wholeheartedly would have been really difficult for me. But being able to do both at the same time has, yeah, been a lot. Uh, and that, now you just focus on the art, the the writing, the illustrating. Is that your full time focus or do you have a day job? No, I do have a day job, um, but I work in design. So it's still kind of for me, it's a really nice blend of thinking, you know, very logically um but also balancing that kind of logic flow with like okay how do we come up with creative solutions so yeah I would say okay. I still kind of flex both sides <laughs> yeah yeah nice okay um so tell us um so you studied in, in Japan in college or did you come back to America to study uh college was in the U.S. yeah in the U.S. okay and so you started this um just writing and you, you posted on medium is that right is that um Yes. Kayokumura.medium.com. Is that the right link? Yeah, kayokumura.medium.com. Kayokumura.medium.com. So that's where you started posting all your blogs or your writings? Yeah. If you go back like way, way in the beginning, I'm like, not, I'm not even writing about health and wellness all the time. I'm writing about random topics, anything that really interested me. But yeah, once I started picking up a bit more momentum, I started to really focus on topics that I felt like a lot of people we're interested in and also mm -hmm. need support. I think, you know, health and well-being, it's a very complicated topic for something that feels very straightforward. Um, people have very different relationships with food, with their body, with the idea of rest and when to do it. And so, you know, I think being able to offer a different perspective than what's offered in the US, but maybe that could be more broadly said to like Western world. Um, mm. I feel like been very helpful for a lot of my readers yeah absolutely and I do find that in your writing um it's quite easy to digest um but it's also you know not not complicated it's it's so simple but um practical I suppose is that the word I'm looking for like it, it actually makes sense and yeah. and you can actually take it on much easier whereas I think a lot of the the self-help journey that I've been exposed to it's so confusing and so diverse and so complicated. And I think as we go down these holes, it just makes things harder and harder. And we end up becoming worse for it rather than actually yeah. better. I think, you know, when things become overcomplicated, they become frustrating. Um, it limits us in a lot of different ways. And I think when I offer advice, I'm really thinking about, okay, what is the goal of being healthy anyways? What's the goal of, you know, finding, um, a good place with our well-being and it's to find freedom is to do the things that we want to follow mm. our passion to have energy to you know pursue pursue the things that interest us and if we are you know counting calories following a specific diet really adhering to a certain sort of like strict daily routine and that can limit a lot of people I will say it works for a lot of people as well people some people really like that structure and they enjoy it um, but it's not for everyone. So being able to offer an alternative, which is 
focus more on like, okay, how can we make things more simple? How can we focus on the things that, you know, make a big impact without, you know, having to hash out all those details? I think that's been a big focus of my work. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, and very much a Japanese sort of approach to to life and health and longevity, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I it's a lot of love. It's based on what I've learned in Japan, and um, I wouldn't say everything though. A lot of the lessons I there are lessons to learn from the U.S. in terms of mm-hmm. you know um, the freedom of expression or being able to do the things that you want. Um, so there's a little bit of both, but I will say the majority of my ideas come from Japanese um, culture and ways of thinking. Yeah, so your book's titled um, Wa, The Art of Balance, Live Healthier, Happier and Longer, The Japanese Way. Yeah. And you focus in the book on nourish, move, rest and socialize, right? Those four areas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt as though, you know, when we think about a healthy lifestyle, a lot of people focus on you know, what to eat or how to exercise, which are also important, but I think parts of our well-being, a lot of is around, you know, how do we manage stress? How do we sleep well? Our social connections, how do we build healthy relationships and meaningful ones? And so being able to blend that all together, I think builds a really strong foundation for, you know, doing other things that we may have interest in. Yeah, absolutely. And again, finding the balance between it all too. Yeah, you, know, you don't want I mean, to. <laughs> well, I've, I've found it in my life where I focus so much on work and uh, it, it absorbs everything, but then my socializing or relationships fall apart or my health falls apart. Or maybe yeah. then I focus on health and work and then relationships fall, you know? It's just finding yeah. that balance between everything. Yeah, you. the whole thing is about, you know, not going to extremes with anything and being able to find what, you know, feels right for you and being able to readjust and check in with yourself and, giving yourself the space and time to do that as well. Mm. But what happens if you're one of those people that like to go at extremes at anything? Because <laughs> I'm maybe one of those people, and I know there's a lot of people out there that like to take it to that next level. Yeah, I think, um, as I mentioned before, I think people have um, different preferences. So if it works for you, I think, you know, by all means, continue it. There's nothing wrong with, you know, a lifestyle that works for you. but if you find yourself, you know, being burned out very quickly or finding there's a part of your life that you feel like you would like to devote more energy to but are struggling to, it's really about at first slowing down. So giving yourself some space for mindfulness. Um, so in that case, maybe the pillar you want to focus on is rest. And some suggestions I give in there are things around like writing things around, you know, spending time in nature. There are a lot of different ways that you kind of give yourself that space. But once you have that, maybe you'll come, it'll be easier to readjust that and slow down in terms of, you know, okay, maybe I'm overworking a bit too much lately. I'm going to schedule some time with my family. But that thought process doesn't really happen, like, you know, immediately, like the day after, I think, it really takes us time to like slow down from work to start to make those habits um, really last. Mm, mm. Yes, it's true. I and mean, you need to have that balance daily, I think, too. You know, if you can yeah. bring it into your day um, because you'll, you'll, you'll rest better at night. Obviously, that'll help as well. I had this boss in Japan. Um, um, he was a great guy. I really enjoyed his company most of the times. Um, <laughs> but he was just, he was just, 
prolific. Um, he was, he, well, from my point of view anyway, worked really hard. Always yeah. worked hard. He exercised, always was up early, always exercising, um, partying, like liked to party hard, you know. He had, the, and yeah. socialised, like he had this extreme levels of everything. And I don't know how his relationships personally were. I can't comment on that. But from what I saw of him, and he was he was my dad's age at the time, um, yeah. he was just go, go, go. So can we find balance at our own pace, I suppose? You know what I mean? Like can we just find balance in those areas? Um, and if that means it's up here, you know, going fast and extreme, can we still have balance across the board, but just on that nope. extreme level? I think, you know, the idea of um, the very, like, American, like, uh work hard party hard but like to some people like they work really hard because they want to like release all of that stress um and to someone else like looking at that it might just look like high levels of activity all across but to that person i think you know waking up early to exercise that's their form of stress relief that's actually a form of self-care for them and so you know for someone where exercise is not something that comes naturally it's not something that you know, you feel like you want to be like sweating it out. Um, that might look like, you know, uh, stressful. But I think, like you mentioned, it's very possible to, you know, work hard, but also maybe you exercise a lot and you have a really like loud, robust social life. And that's just the kind of lifestyle that you enjoy. Um, it doesn't, I think, in some ways, you know, having a big friend group that can be a way of, um you know, recharging for someone. And it goes to back to the idea of, you know, introverts, extroverts, some people find socializing re-energizing and for others, it's tiring. But mm. what, yeah, we physically see is not exactly what a person internally experiences. So no. yeah, if you like levels of everything, it's definitely possible. Well, I wonder if it's just that balance again between things, you know, if you work really hard yeah. and you'll go, go, go all the time to balance that out, you need to have, lots of rest or lots of play or lots of social. I don't know. Like, yeah. um, whereas if you're more on a, a level field, most of the time, everything will just be a bit more balanced. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I Maybe. think it really depends on the person. Um, mm. I think it also depends on where we are in life mm. for, it's not true for everyone, but kind of as a generic example, when you're younger, it's a lot easier to work really hard, party really hard, have a lot of things going on. Maybe when you grow older, your priorities change and you're more interested in, you know, having a more quiet, slow down life. That's not necessarily true um, for everyone, but, you know, I think we should also accommodate, you know, how time changes us and the person we are at 20 is not the same person we are at um, 30, 40, 50. So no. be able to think about that as well. Very similar, but very different. Um, we are when we, when we age. <laughs> What do you talk like when I look at the Japanese culture living there? Um, the work culture, uh, the school yeah. culture, quite extreme compared to the Western culture, like long hours at school, long hours at work. Mm. How do you see that from your perspective as far as the balance is concerned? Because that to me seems, you know, I just remember on holidays for Japanese, it was like, oh, going on a holiday three days and then fly out and fly back. And it's like, what? Like, you know, it's four weeks for us. That's a holiday. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Um, when I say, you know, a lot of my ideas from my book are brought from Japanese culture, that doesn't necessarily equate that everything about Japanese culture is super balanced. 
I think, you know, long working hours, very true. And uh, law schools can feel very long. Law students, their entire lives are built into the student life system. Wake up early, go to classes, then they have bugatsu, which is like after school activities, go home, cram school. So it's not like everything is super balanced. Um, what I will say, something that I appreciate about Japanese school though, schools though is um, how they instill a sense of responsibility um, very early when they're you know very young. Something that I think shocks a lot of other countries when they find out is that Japanese students are responsible for cleaning after their own schools. Um, so they don't really have janitors to clean the bathroom, the classrooms. Um, they might have like electricians to do the major stuff, but in general, students look after themselves. And I think that's reflected in Japanese society. You go to Tokyo, ginormous city, but sidewalks usually are very clean. Subways mm. are very clean. Mm, um, and I think the idea of, you know, seeing yourself as part of a community is actually really helpful um, in understanding that, you know, um, yeah, you're you're part of like a, well, actually, let me flip it for a second. When in the US, there's a lot of focus on the individual. I mm. think a lot of people feel a lot of pressure from that. They mm. feel the need to be exceptional. They feel the need to stand out. And there is a lot of value from that. But I think that can also lead to uh, perfectionism, burnout, not feeling mm -hmm. like you're enough. So being able to feel, being able to see yourself within a larger whole, I think there's a lot of social benefits and also, you know, benefits for your uh, inner peace of mind. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's that individualistic society versus the collective sort of society, right? Yeah. Um, and there's, I think, a balance between the two as well, because there are some very good points about that Western style compared to the Eastern style yeah. of culture. <laughs> I do remember the kids at school like cleaning the floors and the toilets and that, and I was like, "Well, wow, that's pretty cool." <laughs> um, yeah, as a kid, you don't really think it's cool, but <laughs> no, you probably don't. But I mean, I used to be an area manager for a, a, a very popular retail outlet, and for a long time, it was you know about the staff cleaning the store because if mm. they took responsibility for their own store, they're more yeah. likely to keep it clean as they work throughout the day. Um, whereas yeah. if you start bringing in cleaners, they just sort of go, okay, well, someone's going to come in and clean that up anyway. I don't have to worry. Um, it was yeah. that same sort of mindset. No, for sure. <laughs> um, which is, I think, good. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of these topics in your book, Nourish, Move, Rest, Socialize. And there's some valid points in the book. I don't want to give too much away because I think the book's, you know, certainly something you need to pick up and have a read of. It's easy to read and and the, the messages in there are really powerful, uh, simple but powerful. So when you talk about nourish, what are we looking at? We're looking at diet and health. Yes. So I would say it's partly around, you know, how to, you know, it's about like eating vegetables, yes, and making balanced meals, but it's also about how to approach the act of eating. Mm. Um, to give a very specific example, I think when you talk about healthy eating in the US, there's a large focus on like, okay. You got to eat salads, you got to eat vegetables, fresh fruit, raw fruit or whatever, um, which is true. You do need a lot of vegetables and whole foods to have a very healthy and complete diet. But um, something I appreciate about the Japanese approach is that there's a large focus on moderation, which is something I talk about in the book is that, you know, 
it would be sad to go through life without eating another sweet thing. Um, some of our favorite foods are maybe not like the healthiest for our bodies, but you know, I think part of that is brings us joy and a life without joy is not one we can sustain. And so being able to enjoy these foods in moderation and kind of untangling, you know, that idea that ice cream is bad for you or, you know, French fries is bad for you, but it's about like, okay, you know, dessert every night, a lot of it, probably not great for your health, but you know, if you're having something homemade that your mom made, you know, that is nourishing your body in a way, like very spiritually, um, it mm -hmm. helps you connect with, other people with something you enjoy. So, you know, nourish mm -hmm. is about addressing our relationship with food and how we can find a balanced way to approach, you know, the things that may not feel like they're healthy in the moment, but in moderation are totally fine. And we can live very healthy, fulfilled lives with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's right. I mean, oft often we just look at the the food side of it, but the, the nourishing side of the joy from eating food or the joy from um, eating with people. I know Japanese culture, when I used to go out and eat, I just loved how it was done. It was very much a shared meal. Um, you know, you use the, the big chopsticks to grab the food off the main plate and then the little ones. And um, you'd sit there sometimes for hours eating as well um, and digesting that food. But that nourishment of the environment was probably more profound than um, the food itself potentially. But um yeah it surprised me how much we seem to eat over the evening but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I never gained weight in Japan I lost weight you know more times um oh, sure. <laughs> so it's really really interesting and then you're right the balance there it's not everything like you talk about in the book this the super size you know the mm. you know the large size compared to the large size in Japan and how different it is um yeah people are angry in the beginning but then they find that their health improves after one they're like you know what this like moderate portion kind of works for me now. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Like if you're going for a hike in nature in Japan, which a lot of people do on a Sunday, um, and you'll see soft serve ice creams being served everywhere, particularly in the summertime. And you'd see every yeah. every Japanese person, the kid and the adult and the grandma, all eating an ice cream. Like there is that sense of balance. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. I love that visual that you kind of described as well. Captures what my Japanese summer is very <laughs> yeah that's oh, it's glorious that's what we used to do on the weekends so <laughs> nourishing moving um or move talking about exercise how do we approach yeah. that so this is also the approach is not just you know I give some exercise tips things you can do but also you know I think in the U.S. exercises think thought of as like a if it's not strenuous you aren't working your hard self yourself hard enough like it's not worth it but I think the Japanese approach is a bit more around like okay exercise can be embedded in a lifestyle so I think one mm. notable key difference about living in Japan is people walk more I think that makes a really remarkable difference over time it's not like you're walking miles every day but you do it every day and that makes a big difference I think also the idea of like you know, stretching, doing things that, you know, may not necessarily make you out of breath, but will train, uh, will stretch your muscles, will help you be flexible, prevent injuries. You can still do the things you want. That's also very important. Um, and, you know, my focus is more on how to find something you enjoy. So, you know, we can talk about the benefits of running all day, but if you hate running, there's really no point in even talking about it. Um, 
I feel like people should focus on things that they enjoy, want to do every day, look forward to doing. It's kind of like, you know, almost finding a job. If you, you know, you'll look for a job, you'll try it. If you hate it, you'll quit. No one gets angry at you. If you are looking to exercise and you go to the gym and you quit, there's a lot of self-guilt involved, but it's about trying to move on from that and think of it as like, okay, gym may not be for me, but maybe yoga is, or maybe it's biking, mm. maybe it's hiking. So finding what you really enjoy is really important to that idea. Yeah, agree. So um, incorporating movement into your daily activities uh, in a enjoyable way. Um, and and I like absolutely agree. Like if you're doing something, even if you enjoy it, like I swim, um, but mm. if I did that every morning, um, which yeah. I've done in, in times in my life, I do get to a point where I'm just like, oh, it's just getting a bit boring and mundane or, you know, and I, I get frustrated and want to change it. So I, I now find the balance of doing a variety of different things throughout my day, but still making yeah. sure I move every day. And again, I'm probably a little bit extreme in that sense sometimes um, compared to others. But I think just moving is is a great thing. Um, yeah. And we, we probably don't think about it enough. Um, I remember back to Japan again, going to the school there, the young kids when I used to teach at a primary school, um, every morning before or when the bell went off or whenever it was, um, the whole school would be out doing laps around the oval, um, oh. <laughs> you know, and it was just this, like everyone's getting out there and it didn't matter if you ran or walked or played, as long as you're out there moving, um, that's that's what happened. Um, and I saw all the kids doing their own, you know, their own thing. Um, but it was a, a really good sense of, you know, balance and what a great way to start the day. I just thought that's a great way for the kids to get energised to, you know, learn. Yeah, no, I love that. <laughs> so, um. Good, good, uh, yeah, good lessons there. Um, the rest side of things, hard for some, easy for others. Yeah, I think I take a kind of an interesting approach with rest in that I define rest not just as like sleeping or slowing down, but rest is what re-energizes you. And so mm. that kind of goes back to the idea of doing everything at a high level, but what re-energizes you might make someone really tired, but it just looks different, but how you feel inside is the same. And so I talk a little bit about curiosity um, and Japanese shokunin. So shokunin is um, like a craftsman. And so, you know, when you look at these people, they, you know, are, they seem like perfectionists. They seem like they're working really hard and there's an element of that, but I think they're really invested in their work, not because they have to, but because they really want to. And so there's, a really large element of curiosity, of exploration. Um, and so it. I talk about, you know, how to kind of cultivate that energy, how to find things that you enjoy and letting go of the pressure to, you know, perform um, all the time, but also just doing certain things because you enjoy it. And yeah, I would say, you know, I also talk about sleep and rest and how to slow down, but um, I think it's important to think of rest as not just, um, yeah, slowing down, but also how do we re-energize? To things like, you know, um, bonsais, for example, having a hobby <laughs> on the side that is in some ways resting, but enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, mm. no, for sure. <laughs> Incorporating that. Like I love cooking. So, you know, for me, and I know it's a stressful chore for a lot of people, but for me, it's something that I actually like to do, you know, more yeah and you might find it um you know it piques other curiosities or interests and maybe it's like a very calming experience so that's a great example 
How do you find rest as far as curiosity is concerned? Because I often think that we don't spend enough time just contemplating or thinking, um, you know, about life, about work, about whatever, just yeah. having that time to think. Um, and I know many people say, well, I do it when I'm exercising or I do it when I'm, you know, in the shower or whatever, but I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the right time to do it. Do you talk about just time to think? Yeah, um, I think my writing actually kind of was born out of this need to create time for myself to think. And I think for me, writing is my outlet, um, being able to process my thoughts and being able to put them into words. Um, And so I have found, you know, not everything that I write goes public, journaling, um, being able to, you know, think about things that, um, yeah, I don't necessarily have answers, but, you know, creating questions, um, reflecting on, you know, ideas that I have, Mm -hmm. uh, being able to create space for that at the end of the day is usually when I like to do it, but, you know, doing it whenever you feel like you have the most going through your mind, I feel like is a very helpful exercise and yeah, being able to find a bit more inspiration and, um, yeah, have the motivation to pursue things that maybe in your daily life, you don't have enough time mm. to think about or give enough attention to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just the pace of society. Sometimes just go, go, go. Like when you take the time to just stop, pause and reflect and writing is a good process. I mean, we talk, we talk about it often on the podcast journaling, you know, taking some time just to write, reflect, and that can be about anything, um, you know, just putting your thoughts to, to paper often helps. I don't journal at the moment, but um, I've been up and down with journaling and I certainly do find the benefits of doing that, just setting aside 20 minutes of, of writing. Um, and the final point, uh, socialise. So obviously about relationships, right, and connecting and, and human interaction. Yeah, I think um I was really curious about longevity at one point I still am but um I was doing a lot of research at one point and very constant thing that came up was relationships like the quality of them I think there's a it's a really popular TED talk on it I forget who it's by but he talks about you know what do all the happiest people have in common something like that and the takeaway is you know they have high quality relationships they are within very strong support systems. Um, I did a lot of reading on blue zones, which are these different areas of world, the world where people live really long lives. Oh, and um, and a, there's one in Japan, it's um, Okimi Village in Okinawa. And, you know, reading about the people there, again, really close knit community. They have really good friends if they don't have family anymore. And they feel really close to the people around them. And so, you know, it made me realize that, you know, loneliness is not healthy for us. We, Mm. you know, we function with other people. And um, I think there is a lot of value in, you know, understanding that there are other people around us. Um, We can build healthier relationships with them by living a more fulfilled life. We feel emotionally and spiritually more fulfilled and Mm. it can be a lot easier to you know find energy recharge and um if you're not in a good place you know you'll have the support and help of others around you um something I do want to note is you know 
making friends seems hard. Um, I'm not like the most outgoing social person if you meet me, but um, something that about that I do appreciate in Japan is, um, and I think it's born out of this collectivist culture, but the idea of aisatsu, um, I don't really know how to directly translate it, but it's like greetings. It's just like the idea of when you go to school, you say good morning. When you go to work, you say good morning. When you leave work, you say something. When you leave the house, you want to say something. And it's just a little phrase, but I think it really breaks the barrier between mm. strangers and opens up conversation to get to know someone. And so, yeah, if you're looking to be more sociable or likable, I think really good starting point is just trying to say hello or good morning to people around you um yeah but yeah my easiest thing we can do and like you know often doesn't get done it's like wow okay yeah um no really good points and and certainly the longevity piece around you know um having human connections i know there was a study done about the a a group of battalions that migrated to japan uh to the u.s and um they had longer lives than most um, oh. because they had this Italian culture style where they just walk down the road and they see their neighbor there and they'd have a big chat and you know on their walk suddenly their half an hour walk turns into two hour walks because they're chatting <laughs> to everyone um and it's so true and we don't give ourselves time to just talk and socialize with people um and yeah. I think to your earlier point you know if you're introverted it can be quite draining so perhaps you just don't do as much of it um but yeah. it's still necessary to to do it for sure. It's definitely, you know, the right number of people, um, the kinds of people. You don't need to be friends with everyone, but knowing that, you know, you don't need to go through a life alone, I think makes a big difference to our well-being. 100%. Yep, I agree. Um, look, really cool um, book. I want to make sure um, we put the links in the show notes for you there, Kaki, um, so people can jump online to thehiddenwide.com, pick up a, a copy of the book. Um, it is on Amazon there. So I'm um, use that link within the show notes to support the show and uh, grab a copy of, of Kaki's book. Um, now, I just want to talk to you quickly about your writing journey because uh, I know mm. there's a lot of people out there, um, whatever passion it might be. Um, do you have any advice for someone that's on that sort of journey? Because I know it can be quite, well, I don't know. I can't, it's not draining necessarily for me. It hasn't been draining doing this podcast and I've just done it and I've stuck to it and I enjoy it. And that's probably why I'd do it. But was there any learnings for you or advice you can give to people that are looking to do something similar? Of course, there's so many things I can share, but I think the piece of it, pieces of advice or, you know, my the learnings I keep coming back to is one is to be consistent. Um, I think writing, as you mentioned, it's not like super easy to do it all the time. For some people, they might be tired. They might not have something that they feel like is important enough to write about. But I think just writing anyways is really important. It's kind of like a muscle almost in that if you stop writing, it becomes a lot harder to write. But once you start writing, you keep writing, like you'll find that you're never running out of ideas. There's always something you want to write about. Mm. And so I think consistency is super important. Second thing is trying to let go of the need for everything to be perfect. Um, I think, um, you know, when you're sharing your words, it's, there's a lot of pressure, it can be kind of scary. Um, and you probably want to make something sound really eloquent or, um, you know, professional or profound. And, you know, there's a time and place for that. But if you are, you know, really struggling to 
just build the rhythm with it. It's about, okay, this isn't perfect. It's not um, exactly what I want it to be, but it's done. Like I already did it. And to be satisfied enough with that, I think has been really key. Um, so yeah, I would say, you know, those two pieces are um, good advice. Like, it's like yeah. <laughs> consistency and, and don't, uh, yeah, don't focus on perfectionism, I suppose. Yeah. And getting started. Look, lovely to chat to you today, Kaki. Um, great to have you online here. Where can people best reach out to you? Um, yeah, so sign up for my newsletter. You can go to my website, which is kakikata.space, or um, there's a link to my newsletter sign up. But yeah. What was that? Kakikata? Kakikata.space. How do you spell yeah. that? Um, it's K-A-K-I-K-A-T-A dot space. So S-P-A-C-E. But yeah, uh, my newsletter, if you sign up, you get my email. I read all my emails. I respond to them. Um, and then you'll get my latest, you know, writings, um, ideas and any information or yeah, events. <laughs> okay. So kakikata.space, that's where they can sign up for your newsletter. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And just one question I, I've had to ask and I forgot to getting your name out there i mean you said at the early days you were just posting it no one's reading it what changed what happened to suddenly i mean are you, you know you've got an audience now right that you've you've got a yeah. newsletter um i would say you know it really like one article i wrote probably got like responses from like 10 people and it was on japanese culture and then so at that point i was like okay i'm going to focus more on this and I can't really explain what allowed like something else to go viral. But after I wrote about Japanese culture and health, um, one piece just went viral on the platform medium. It just did really well. And from when there, you say viral, like how many people were looking at this? Damage? Like, yeah, it ended up on um, Katie Couric's um, newsletter. And I think that's where people found it. And once you know, it kind of like channeled back to me. So um, I don't know who found it or how it ended up there, but um, it was a lot of people. And it was really overwhelming because it was really like felt very sudden, but it's a very cool experience as well. Mm. You can't always tell why things become popular on the internet. Yeah, 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 okay. So just uh, just keep doing it, enjoy it and and things will happen. I mean, you didn't you didn't have any specific strategy in place to get your name out there you just chose a platform that worked um i mean i could talk strategy if yeah. <laughs> that is interest um but i do think you know as much strategy as there is like people's you know reading habits are constantly changing trends are always changing so it's best not to hyper focus too much on that but um, Medium was very helpful because they get very good SEO. So um, I like writing on there. They're also very, you know, if they find a piece that they like, you publish or submit it to a publication and it gets accepted, it gets circulated to a wider um, user base. That's something also is, you know, um, attaching your material to people who are already established to that space is really good. So something that I like to do was write pieces, submit them to you know, 
um, magazine publications or other podcasts or trying to do collaborations and then building an audience from there really helps. Um, and the other is, you know, um, you kind of want to niche down. I think writing too much about everything, people don't really know what you're doing, but if you mm. can really focus and be like, you know, I do this one thing very well and you become like the top expert in that field, you know, for that topic, people always come to you. Whereas if you're trying to do everything, people don't, there's always going to be someone else. It's mm. yeah. good advice. Good advice. <laughs> Well done. Nice to connect with you. And um, I'll stick all the links in the show notes at thehiddenwide.com. Kaki, thanks for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And thank you guys for listening. Check it out at thehiddenwide.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there, breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name is Lee Martin Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.